Hello, and welcome to Not Your Mother's Housing Market, the podcast where we dissect and discuss emerging trends in today's housing market because a 21st century market requires 21st century strategies. I'm Katie Keaton, realtor with Realty One Group Pacifica, and I am joined by LaDonna Page, mortgage advisor and liabilities manager with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. Well, hello, LaDonna. How are you this I'm lovely day? Great, Katie. How are you? I am doing really well. It's back to a tolerable temperature outside. Side, kind of, <laughs> 90 degrees. Hey, I really am super comfortable at 90 degrees. Well, you used to live in Hawaii, right? And Arizona. And, oh gosh. <laughs> and Alabama. And, yeah. My son <laughs> has been, like, truly melting during this. Like, he does not yeah. do well in the heat. And I'm like, aren't you glad we don't live in Arizona? And he's like, I don't know what you mean. And I'm like, well, exactly. That's exactly what I mean. I have a few friends that are still down in Arizona, and... And they're like, yeah, 117 degrees. It's hot down here. <laughs> I'm going, yeah. I'm not coming back. So <laughs> that next month when I go down for a vacation. Okay. <laughs> it's a great place to visit, but you wouldn't want to live there again? I don't want to live there again, no. Yeah. My brother used to live down there. Well, that kind of leads us into today's episode's topic. Yeah. Because all those people in Arizona who want to sell their house and move up here <laughs> can learn maybe a little bit about the process of getting your house ready to sell. Yeah. Because this week's episode is called, So, You Want to Sell Your House. <laughs> Right. But before we get into all the do's and don'ts and just kind of an overall vibe of what you should do before listing, we are going to take a quick commercial break and listen to a word from our podcast network sponsors. So I always like to say at this moment, remember, not your mother's housing market. You can listen to us on cowletspodcast.com as well as um, other streaming platforms. So take a listen. But before we jump in, here is a word from their sponsors. Take control of your account and make interacting with Callet's PUD easy with SmartHub. Through SmartHub, you'll be able to view detailed usage information, make a payment, enroll in programs, set account notifications, and much more. You'll also receive important news and information about Callet's PUD and can quickly contact us with any issues regarding your service. You'll be able to put yourself in the driver's seat of your Callet's PUD account. Smart management, smart life, smart hub. Smart hub, smart podcast. <laughs> Smart hosts. Yes. Smart home sellers. <laughs> you know? Smart financing. Yes. <laughs> we could go all day with this. All right, but let's not. <laughs> okay, but no, seriously, smart home selling. So that brings us to our topic today. LaDonna and I were talking earlier and um, I was like, okay, we've had a lot of episodes about people that are purchasing, mm -hmm. um, but let's flip that on its head. We know purchasing is harder right now than usual. But on the flip side of that, I mean, selling's a little bit easier. So we thought we would talk about um, selling in this market. So do you want to speak at all to why it's easier to sell right now? Because your house is worth a ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> Low inventory. Low it's inventory. a seller's market. Yeah. All things, all buzzwords that we've been hearing yes. lately. Yes, because your house is worth a lot of money. <laughs> At the end of the day, I would agree with you. So, uh, but yeah, no, it is a lot of really low inventory, a lot of, but you know, it's a seller's market. It is a seller's market. So if you are someone who um, has purchased a home, maybe you purchased it 
two years ago, five years ago, however long ago, chances are you have equity in your home. Right. So you might be thinking, should I sell my house right now? And if you are thinking that, then this is the podcast for you to listen to. Yeah. So welcome. (laughs) All right. So I would say, yes, it's a seller's market, but there are certain people that should not sell their homes right now. You know what I mean? Um, so people that love their house probably shouldn't sell their house. I really love my house. I'm not moving. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I mean, my husband and I have talked about like, should we sell our house? Should we not sell our house? Because I mean, we have about a hundred thousand dollars in equity in our home. And so I think anyone is thinking, should I sell my house? There, there's definitely a question that's been tabled quite a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. but me personally, I'm in a situation where I really love my house and mm-hmm. I, for as much as I dislike the location, I also, there's some serious perks to where it's located even. Yes. Um, and, you know, and there's a lot of people that are, you know, this is my forever home. I know mm-hmm. this is not my forever home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my, I'm raising my kids home. <laughs> yeah. Well, and see, I am in a situation where we live literally through a path through the woods to my parents' house. <laughs> And the kids love it. It's great for everyone. Our dogs can run back and forth. Like, yes, would I like a bigger house? Yes, would it be nice to maybe take that next step up the property ladder? Yeah. But, you know, for me, it's not the right time to sell my house. So I'm just going to sit back, relax. Sure, it's fun to think about what we would do with the money if we sold. But um, I'm going to wait for the next wave, you know? Yeah. So there are certain people, that's all I'm saying, If you own your home and people are saying, you should sell your house right now, you should sell your house, think about it. It might not be for you. But if it is for you, I would really want you to start with the question of why. Why do you want to sell your house? So, I mean, there are plenty of reasons people want to sell their house. Maybe they've outgrown it. Maybe they made the purchase when they were in a different phase of their life. Right. Um, Maybe they're ready to move out of state, maybe to have an adventure, you know? Maybe they're empty nesters. So there's plenty of reasons why. That's when I'm going to sell mine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, Katie, you've got a few years. You have to be my friend. (laughs) I know your youngest is what, like eight? (laughs) Nine. Okay. Well, I guess that's only 10 years. No. Okay. Uh, No. (laughs) It is not 10 years. No, he'll graduate when he's 17 and leave. (laughs) Oh, okay. So it's less. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for people, I would say ask yourself why. Because if your main reason is I want to make a lot of money when the market's hot, that's a totally fine reason. But it leads into the next question, which is what are you going to do after you sell your house? Right. Where do you go? Because you got to go somewhere, right? You do. I mean, the people that are buying your house probably don't want you to stick around. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you can buy a new house. Yep. You can maybe hop into a rental. Maybe you're moving to a different state and you're taking a step back from home ownership for a little bit. Maybe you just really don't want to buy and sell at the same time. And you go into a short-term rental to kind of get through the sales process and then start your home search. Mm -hmm. Or maybe um, you're at an age where you're moving back in with family, you're moving to a retirement home, something like that. There are um, many different routes, but the route that you're choosing for yourself is really going to play into how you go about selling your house. Okay, so now we know your why and your where. 
So let's talk about what you're going to do to get your house ready to sell. Okay. So, LaDonna, what do you do to get your house ready to sell right now? (laughs) We kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'm not sure that I fully divulged the fact that I honestly believe that if I stuck my house on the market, even with all the flaws I know that it has, Mm -hmm. it would sell in a hot minute. And that might be true. For some houses, that could definitely be true. But you definitely have to take an evaluation of your house and really be critical and think, okay, what things can I let slide and what things need to be taken care of beforehand. Okay. Um, and that's where our realtor comes in because we can definitely talk to you about um, your house from a third outside perspective, mm-hmm. um, not someone who loves and lives in their house. Obviously, everyone who loves and lives in their house thinks their house is you know, a diamond in the rough. Right. I think my house is fabulous. Your house is fabulous. I really you have love a beautiful my... house. <laughs> have you seen my kitchen? <laughs> no, I've only seen the outside, but the outside is very pretty. Okay, so the outside is the very ugly part to me. No! But, um, I love your hon- honeycomb trellis. Oh, those are lovely. Every time I see those, I'm like, dang, I need to get a honeycomb trellis. <laughs> They're pretty nice. I really but your love kitchen, them. go on. Okay, so my kitchen, when we moved in, like... The cabinets, the walls, the baseboards, the doors, the countertops were all the exact same color. Okay. It was awful. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And you bought it like that. And I bought it like that. Whatever. I I can paint. Mm -hmm. And so I was ready for it. And now it's like this super bright, cheery salmon pink. And I love it. Oh, (laughs) it's kind of like your shirt. Yeah, actually, your shirt sure has salmon vibes. <laughs> it does, yeah. Vibes, yeah. <laughs> Let me say it three more times. <laughs> um, okay, yes. So, so Katie's gonna walk into my house and tell me paint this pink kitchen something else. <laughs> I might. <laughs> I might. I love it. It makes me happy, and I don't care about anybody okay. else. <laughs> so, well, and see, that's the thing is, you kind of have to take yourself out of the equation right. and think it really doesn't matter what I want because I'm leaving this house behind. It matters what potential buyers will want. Right. So, um, kind of playing into what can I let slide, what can, what should I fix, goes into what are your goals. Do you want to sell your house as quickly as possible, or do you want to get the most amount of money you can for your home? Because I those, love that you ask those questions. Right, because that's so important. And as a realtor talking to a seller, my first few questions are, why do you want to sell your house? Where are you going to go? And what are your goals for this sale? Because there are some people that say, I am moving. I have a deadline. I need to be out of this house by X date. And I want to sell this house as quickly as possible. Well, then maybe we don't spend a lot of time fixing things, but we price it appropriately and they don't get as much as they could if they had taken the time to fix a few things. That's so fun to me that those are the questions that you ask, because those like, obviously, why are you selling your house? Like, I'm not asking you about your house so Mm -hmm. much, but like what? Like, I'm asking you why. I'm asking you where. I'm asking you what are your goals Mm -hmm. when I start the lending process. Yeah. It's kind of just flipped from a different perspective. And it's the the exact same questions, though. That's so fun that you're you're asking the same questions. But it's fun because it's the same questions, but you get, like, vastly different answers. You know what I mean? Right. Everybody's goals are so different. Yes. Amazing. So, okay. There's kind of two philosophies. Like, let's get this sold as quickly as possible. And 
let's make as much money as we can. Mm -hmm. But in either circumstance, you're going to want to fix the things that might keep your house from financing. Right. So I've had people that have had me come and look at their houses and say, hey, I really don't want to do much. And I see that they have peeling paint on the side of their house or they have moss on their roof. And at that point, you're going to cut down the potential buyers by so much that um, you're not going to give your house as fair of a shake of being sold as you could. Tell me why. So we've talked about the different loan types in other episodes. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got conventional, FHA, VA, Washington State bond. The list goes on and on. So obviously, if you're doing cash, you can buy whatever you want. The house can basically be falling to the ground and nobody cares because a lender doesn't have to take a risk on it. Correct. So if you're doing conventional and you have a large down payment, it's kind of the same thing where if you're doing a large down payment, um, the bank knows, hey, the chances of them getting upside down on this loan are really slim and they're very invested into this house. So they're going to take good care of it. So there's not as much as a risk. So you can have some peeling paint on your house with a conventional loan. You can have a little bit of moss. You can have, you know, some spots that aren't perfect because in that situation, the lender is not nearly as concerned about being upside down in the loan. They're not taking as much of a risk. But when you get into the government backed loans like FHA and VA and Washington State bond, but that's kind of its own separate thing. Um, VA and FHA and USDA, really all of the ones that the government is backing, um, are going to be much stricter about the risks that they want to take on your home. So they're going to have um, an appraisal done that is looking at a different list of factors than a conventional appraisal is. Right. And yes, they're looking for the same things, but what might not be a big deal on a conventional appraisal is going to potentially hold up your loan on an FHA. So, um, you know, you can find lists and really the lists are probably, they might scare you a little bit because there's a lot of things that appraisals don't actually call out typically, but um, any sort of like moss on your roof, that needs to be gone before you list right which is hard around here but there are moss removals just never pressure wash your roof can i just say that do not ever pressure wash your roof you will ruin it okay yes do not do it got it i know you're thinking about it right now i can see <laughs> I it in your eyes here like okay that makes sense yes but i <laughs> definitely could have thought that was a good idea. <laughs> yes do not pressure wash your roof but anyway um any pesky moss, get it off your roof. And then a silly one that happens all the time with FHA is they hate peeling paint. Yeah, they do. Because they're worried about rot. Yep. So um, it can be as simple as if you're if you're in the camp of want to get this sold as quickly as possible, maybe you just want to pick up some paint that matches your exterior paint and slap it on. If you're in the camp of want to get as much money as I can for this home, maybe call a painter and have them repaint the outside of your house but either way you're going to want to fix that because it's going to cut down on the amount of buyers that can purchase your house mm -hmm. and in this market the reason why it's such a hot market is because there are so many people competing for the same house so if you're limiting the amount of buyers to just people that are using a conventional loan you're losing that competitive aspect yeah you know what i mean yeah so there is less likely to be a bidding war 
Um, another thing with FHA and VA, USDA, whatever, what have you, is um, handrails. So if you have steps up into your house and, you know, maybe they're only three feet off the ground by the time you get up to your house, um, add some handrails because that'll get called out as well. So. I'm shocked. Like, I didn't know that was You didn't know thing. that? Well, I don't think so. Okay. Well, yes, that's another one. So just I mean, kind I of, would think like a full-fledged flight of stairs, but like my mm-hmm. two steps into my... I mean, your two steps is probably porch. fine. Like, I believe. step level? <laughs> I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I think it's four or more steps. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I believe it's four or more steps. Okay. But even, I mean, even four steps, like I had... I have someone that's purchasing a house right now and we had Mm. to ask for that to be fixed because um, I was worried that it would get called out on the appraisal and there were only four steps and it was a secondary entrance into the house, but got called out in the inspection and, you know, was something that could easily have held us up. So um, they just slapped up a handrail and we all went about our merry way. Fabulous. Yeah. So um, those are a few things that you'll probably want to fix regardless. Okay. Um. And then we get into the things that there, I mean, everyone could spend so much money on their house. You could have a brand new house and there's probably things that you're like, oh, I should probably do X, Y, and Z before I sell this. I'm not saying you have to get nitpicky with your house at all. Do I need to repaint my baseboards? Because my Roomba like goes around. Actually, I put bumpers on it recently, so Mm -hmm. it doesn't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. But it used to like go around and it bumps into the baseboards and like Mm -hmm. a little bit of paint comes off. So again, that comes into, do you want to sell it fast or do you want to sell it for the highest? You know, um, truly, you're probably going to be fine if you don't paint the baseboards. Okay. Um, and honestly, I would stay away from the big projects. So I probably wouldn't do a massive repaint. Right. If you have really bad carpet that just, I mean, maybe you have kids, animals, whatever, stained carpet, that is one place that I would probably um, invest some time and fix that. Okay. I'd probably recarpet. But as far as like maybe your flooring's a little bit ugly, leave it. Because I was actually talking to someone the other day and he um he is a inspector, an okay. inspector that I just love so much. And he was talking about a few years ago he had done a flip and he repainted the entire inside of the house and um redid the flooring and the entire inside of the house. Mm-hmm. And the week after the new buyers moved in, they ripped out all the flooring and repainted. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> just because you like what you're putting in doesn't mean the buyer's going to like what you're putting in. Right. And that's kind of where we get to the next step, which, like I said, I'm not asking you to fix every little thing. You don't need to paint your baseboards. And one of the reasons is because during the inspection, you can have that negotiation with the buyer. Okay. So maybe you put your house on the market and you know that it needs a new roof, but you don't have the money to put a new roof on until expensive. Absolutely. Especially. Yeah. Especially right now. They're very expensive, but okay. You know, your need, your house needs a new roof, but you don't have the money to pay for it before Mm -hmm. you sell your house right? or, um, you know, that maybe the carpet needs replaced Mm -hmm. or what have you, but Maybe you're selling your house because you need money. You know what I mean? There are ways around that. So your agent will be able to guide you in this way. But let's say, you know, you can you can put into your notes for your house, willing to fix roof, will pay roofer at closing. 
Oh, okay. Right. Or um, at the end of transaction, we'll do a $2,000 credit to buyer to replace flooring. Okay. So you can kind of build it into the back of your loan. Do you think if I was a buyer and asked for that, I'd get it? Hmm. In what sense? Explain to me what you're thinking. Well, I bought your house, Katie, and I Mm -hmm. just didn't like the fact that you had stained carpets. Mm -hmm. Can I ask for some money back to replace those, do you think, right now? Um. Yeah, I think it depends on the house, but absolutely, I think it's worth asking. And the great thing if you're a buyer, which I think we probably talked about in a different episode, I think it was an episode about when deals fall apart. Yeah. Um, episode five, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> um, also, don't quote me on that. <laughs> never quote me. If you're learning anything, just don't ever quote me. <laughs> no, you can't. I actually know what I'm talking about the majority of the time. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, because in your inspection period, the buyer can ask for things and the seller, all the seller can say is yes or no. They can't back out of the transaction. Oh, okay. So if you want to see if I'll give you $2,000, um, if I'm going to give you $2,000 at closing, yeah, then I might say yeah. Okay. And it kind of goes back again to the seller probably knows the flooring needs replaced. Right. And, I mean, if you just don't like it, <laughs> if you just don't <laughs> like the color of it, I just, you the know, seller's probably going to say... Like my pink kitchen. I'm positive. Right. The seller's <laughs> not going to say, yeah, sure, I'll re-floor the whole house and you pick out the color. <laughs> right. Um, but if there's actually flaws with the flooring, um, it doesn't hurt to ask. Right. Yeah. No, my sister, <clears throat> my sister is a fabulous gardener. And her first house was, like, down by the lake. Um, mm. And she did really, really, really beautiful gardens in the front. Mm. And the people that purchased her house asked, like, we would like you to take out all the plants oh. and put in sod. And she was like, first of all, you know, it's like January. I'm not putting sod down. Right. But also, <laughs> I'm not selling you my house anymore because I love these flowers. <laughs> well, should we just, you know, we uprooted everything and put it in the ground at the new place. But, oh, there you go. Um, but I mean, she she got asked, mm-hmm. will you redo this landscaping? Yeah. And then she said no. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the great thing. You can say no. Yeah. I mean, I had a transaction a few months ago, and this was a townhouse that I was helping my client sell in Vancouver. It literally was built in 2018. It was brand spanking new. Yeah. And the buyers asked for like six or seven things. Wow. Which was just crazy. And one of them was that um, they asked that we either leave the mounted or the wall mounts for the tvs or patch and repaint where the wall mounts had been okay so i'm not gonna lie i've moved into that house where somebody Mm -hmm. took the wall mount of the tv off and left like holes everywhere quarter (laughs) size holes everywhere and i was like when we went to look at this place there were not holes in this like Mm -hmm. the tv was mounted there granted that's not where i wanted my tv to go anyway but i could definitely see Mm -hmm. that like that's a problem yeah. for me. Well, and it's just little things that maybe it is a problem from you. Maybe someone else is like, oh, that's exactly where I want my TV. So whatever. I'm just going to put a new one up right there. You know? Yeah, but the holes don't match up. That is true. 
Like when was true. the last time you hung curtains and had them go right in the holes that the last one came out of? That is it true. Doesn't that happen. is true. <laughs> but yeah, so we ended up leaving the wall mounts. Easy fix. Right. But I'm just saying, um, you can ask. Okay. And let them say yes or no. But that is one other thing, too. When you are not fixing the things that you know are wrong with your house, you are putting a little bit more of the bargaining chips into the buyer's hands. Right. So when you've done, like, those little fixes and you know that the house looks good, Mm -hmm. um, you kind of know what you have. And if someone is being really nitpicky, um, maybe you have a, you can stand a little more firmly in saying, we're not fixing this stuff. And if you have a problem with it, we'll go back on the market. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay. We've kind of talked about the big things. Mm-hmm. We've talked about like the actual fixes to the house. Yeah. So now let's move on to the decorating side of things. <laughs> So my first advice to anyone who's thinking about selling their house, maybe they're not even planning on buying anything right now, but I still say go to Zillow, go to realtor.com, start shopping for houses and don't even try to pick out what it is about those houses that you like at first. Just find like, just favor some of them. Find the ones that you're liking and I bet there's a pattern to why. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the biggest thing is they're clean and it kind of feels like nobody lives there. Kind of. Yeah. Because, okay. So I feel like I've definitely heard this theory before that, that if I make it look like I don't live here, that you can turn around and see yourself living here. Like my, sorry, my family portrait isn't hung over the fireplace or whatever, like and so you can see right. yours hanging there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I leave the little hook for you. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the buyer says, will you please patch and paint where that hook just was? <laughs> and I'm probably okay with that. <laughs> yeah. And I do think, I mean, the biggest thing is having your house look really clean. Yeah. And that is one thing that I think people right now, um, they know it is a seller's market and so they don't think they need to do anything and there are houses where it's just like this doesn't feel comfortable it doesn't feel inviting and I feel like I want to leave and right. it's not because like the house might be perfect otherwise maybe it's the perfect size and it's in the perfect location and the layout's great but if you feel uncomfortable when you first walk in that's almost a visceral reaction Especially, I mean, we can all live with our own mess, our own clutter, but you know, it's always worse when it's somebody else's because you're like, who was just wearing those socks on the floor? <laughs> my son leaves them everywhere. Oh my gosh. So does mine. My son will leave them on the kitchen table and I'm just like, <laughs> they're just always like on a counter or under like on oh, the TV no. stand. Like, ours are always on the floor probably uh, because he understands that I would lose it I do lose it so I'm like how do you keep doing this I think he does it to torture me I had a friend Um, growing up my favorite fix for this was one time I just like spent a month putting all the socks into a bin Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden he didn't have any socks there you go and then I just handed him this bin of socks and was like have fun folding 
everybody sucks. Mm-hmm. I Stop need to do that. Stop leaving around. <laughs> I need to do that. Um, I have a dear friend. Hi, Morgan, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> and I always love to tell the story because it's so funny, but she used to leave her chewed gum places oh. <laughs> <laughs> and when we were really little. We were really okay. little. But um, <laughs> I remember, that. and I love her and her family so much, and I remember... Um, one time I was at her house and I heard her dad yell from upstairs, Morgan, you've left your chewed gum on my alarm clock. Oh. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm all right with linen socks. I really like, whoa, that's gross. Uh, I think it's so funny, but I'm also glad my kids don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> socks is better than that. Um, but yeah, so you just want to make your house feel inviting. And that's hard sometimes because we all have different levels of what we perceive to be clean. Right. Like one person's clean is another person's like, oh my gosh, I need to scrub this house down. Right. You know what I mean? It's a spectrum. It is a spectrum. Cleanliness is a spectrum. So like I said, take a look at those listings, really look at what's catching your eye and then try to emulate it because chances are, um, there are things that you're liking about those listings that other people also like about the listings. And it really does not have that much to do with the actual house. It just has to do with how clean it is, how yeah. how um, neat it looks in the pictures. And that's another thing that people aren't realizing right now. Your house can be great, but unless you entice someone to go look at your house, it's not going to sell. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yes, you can slap a home on the market, but if you're a few days in and you've only had a few showings, you know something is going wrong. Right. And that is happening. We are seeing price reductions. We're seeing stuff sit on the market a little bit longer. Not crazy, but um, a little bit longer. And it's because those sellers have gotten to a point where they really do believe, like you said, put my house on the market and it'll be gone in three days. Um. That is not always true. I can definitely understand, like, okay, so in my mother's world, mm-hmm. like, they would have made everything look perfect. They would have gone through mm-hmm. and painted the baseboards because mm-hmm. that was the market you were in at that mm-hmm. point. But, you know, now, now I just feel like it's so much different. And even mm-hmm. when we purchased our house here two years ago, like, mm-hmm. I felt like it was so much different because... We would see a house, like I remember one specific actually that we like, we saw the pictures, it looked fabulous, and then we showed up and it wasn't clean anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, you could tell that they had like picked up mm-hmm. and cleaned up for the pictures and then they kind of just stopped. Right. And it was like, you know, like there was dog hair in the corners and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that just made it feel like, okay, this is... It just made it feel like it was not going to be mine. I f- was going to be haunted by that dog mm-hmm. forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it is different. You don't have to fix every little thing. And there are buyers that are willing to look past a lot. Right. But the number one thing I say to people is just make sure your house is really clean when people are showing it because it's truly the most important thing. Right. Um. It really is. And it's kind of funny, but we, you know, we are creatures where we can logically rationalize things in our brains, but we, there is a part of us that does have visceral reactions and you might not even be able to put your finger on why you walk into a house and you don't like it, 
Right. But that's going to play a bigger role in your decision than any of the logical conversations that you have with yourself. Yeah, no, logically, I mean, logically, I walked into this house and went, this is not as clean as the pictures were. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, she's got, you know, she's got a few kids and she clearly has a dog and Mm -hmm. she was trying to get out of this house in time to get us over here for the showing Mm -hmm. and whoever else is coming for a showing and like keeping that momentum going Mm -hmm. is hard. Oh, it's so hard. Um, It's the hardest part about selling a house. Yeah, it's like ready to drop and Mm -hmm. run out as soon as somebody wants to see it. Like, Mm -hmm. and so logically I can completely understand Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the things. Yeah. There's a pair of socks wedged in the couch cushion because my son was sitting there reading his book 20 Mm -hmm. minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These things just happen in Mm -hmm. real life, but, but it does kind of turn people off when they're looking at homes. They get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, Really, that's the biggest advice. But then, okay, so we've talked about the home itself, but mm-hmm. you also have to get it ready in the fact that you um, have to be realistic for what you're listing it at. Because deciding the price is, again, one of the hardest things you're going to do. And um, one of the most important things to get your home sold. Probably the most important thing, really. Okay. So that's actually why a lot of people go in and want to sell their house themselves, but the part where they normally fall flat is the asking price mm-hmm. because, well, first of all, you're not getting nearly as much exposure. Um, it's more difficult for everyone involved to go look at a for sale by owner because there's so much more to coordinate. Mm-hmm. It isn't seamless. It isn't, um, you know, automated. You can't just do it on your phone. So it's kind of like a, eh, well, in this society where we love everything to be automated, this is like a little bit harder. So I'm going to pass. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, and also like, there's a difference between real estate agents are hanging on to their phones 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Like, you want to run a test? Call a real estate agent right now. Yes. I bet they answer their phone. Yes. <laughs> you could probably call them at, like, 4 a.m. They're going to answer Yes. I did actually not take a call at 2 a.m. the other day, and I'm like, wow, I'm maturing. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's Sunday. I'm not answering my phone. Yeah. <laughs> We do not have that luxury. Um, So, yes, there are many pros to using a realtor to sell your house, but um, one of them is pricing your house appropriately. Mm -hmm. Because if you price your house too high and it sits on the market, um, this is another thing where it almost was like death to your home sale if you priced your house too high in other markets. Mm -hmm. Because um, if if you bumped the price down, nobody really cared. There were enough houses on the market that it wasn't catching anybody's eye. Mm -hmm. In this market where there are so few houses, um, it's not as scary because, okay, you price your house a little bit high. If you bump the price down and you actually get to the appropriate price, you'll still probably get a lot of action. Okay. Um, So it's not as do or die, but you're definitely going to sell quicker and honestly probably for more if you price your house right the first time. Okay. Um, Because the way the algorithm works for realtors and how we're seeing houses and even on Zillow and whatever, um, you're at the top of the list for the first day, you know, when you put your house on the market. And sure, there are realtors that maybe will search for the last three days or the last seven days. But um, when you are priced right on that first day, everyone is sending your house out. Every realtor that sees it that has a client in your price range is sending it out. 
Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you, a week and a half later, um, lower your price, you're not really bumped back up to the top. Oh. You're, you are, like, there's a little alert that, like, oh, this this house had a price reduction, mm-hmm. but it's not, no one's nearly as excited about it as a brand new to the market house. Okay. So, um, want to price yourself right the first time. Yeah. And in this market, buyers are expecting to pay over asking price. Mm-hmm. So pricing your house right right now might be pricing your house a little bit less than what you want to get for it. Okay. Not hugely, but maybe $10,000 less than what you want to get for it. Right. Um, and now I know what that looks like payment wise, mm-hmm. $10,000. I know what that looks like difference on a payment but mm-hmm. how does that look on your end of things what do you mean by that like what does that look like to your client is it as big of a deal because I mean I can look at it and go okay that's like 38 dollars a month oh it's a I mean it's true numbers okay like it's a dollar for a dollar okay so I mean yes you're gonna pay a little bit more to your realtor a little bit more to you know taxes okay but it's a percentage but it's not like it's amortized over 30 years okay like if you're getting ten thousand dollars more for your house that's basically maybe eighty five hundred dollars more in your pocket okay you know what i mean all right so it's a much bigger deal on the seller side i would say so yeah it's a much bigger deal on the seller side on the buyer side it's really not that big of a deal because you're paying for it over 30 years so right it doesn't change much month to month but on the seller side $5,000 $5,000 is a lot of money. $10,000 is a lot of money. Okay. Like, those are big numbers on okay. the seller side. Just wondering. Yeah. So this is totally 100% your wheelhouse because uh-huh. I don't see this negotiation. Mm-hmm. Like, Katie and I have one client that I wish I would have been smart enough to be when I was buying my first house because she's mm-hmm. asking all the questions. Yeah. And, and I'm seeing so much more. Mm-hmm. of the process because because we are working so close together on mm-hmm. this one because she's got questions that like it almost feels like we can't answer these questions without each other right because they're so integrated mm-hmm. and and I've never sold my own home mm-hmm. um and I I just don't see this stuff mm-hmm. so this is a hundred percent your wheelhouse yeah well yeah and it's kind of nice because LaDonna mentioned that client and it's great actually I think for both of us because um the client asked that we just be in a group chat together mm-hmm. and so when she's asking a lender question I'm seeing LaDonna's response how she would respond to a client right and when when our client's asking me questions LaDonna gets a chance to see um the conversations that I'm having with my clients on the other side right so it has been really interesting because um yeah, you're right. You probably don't see those negotiations very much. No, um, I, I don't see you guys haggle about, mm-hmm. you know, please leave the refrigerator or whatever. Yeah. Like. Oh, gosh, that's a story <laughs> for earlier today. I'm like, this person tried to shice me out of a refrigerator. <laughs> but don't worry. I'm a good realtor and I caught it. <laughs> no, I just like, I don't see all the haggling that goes on. Like, as fun as I think it is to haggle, like I yeah. just don't get to take part in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... You know, this is this is a hundred percent a Katie conversation, mm-hmm. and it's fun. I mean, I love it, but um, it's one of those things where we always talk about at my past jobs or you know whatever managing people's expectations, and that's a huge part right now of working with sellers yeah. because um, 
sellers have all been talking to each other. They've been talking to their friends. They're saying all these things in the media. They're saying this. They're saying that. Mm-hmm. And expectations are outpacing reality. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's not true. Sometimes expectations are lower than what's really going on in the market. But a lot of times right now, sellers have way outpaced expectations because they're hearing, oh, I can destroy my house on the market and I'm going to get 30000 over what I, what I put it on for. That is not always the case. Right. And um, if you're not priced right and if you're not making it easy for a buyer to buy, you're probably going to sit. So, yeah, those are a lot of the big ones. Yeah, I mean... It goes both ways. If your home is just like homey and you can tell it's lived in, but it's a happy environment, sure. I'm not saying sterilize your house, but um, you kind of want the air of, oh, this house is so neat. This house is so tidy. There aren't dishes in the sink. There's not a bunch of stuff to do. I can tell this person took care of this house. This is a huge one too. Maybe you don't care that it's dirty. I mean, our house, everybody's house has been dirty at one point, but when you walk in and it's like meticulous, you're like, wow, this person really cared for and loved this house. And I'm excited to take over because I also want to care for and love this house. And also I know this person's going to leave me in a good position when I take possession of this house. I'm not going to have to come in and um, deep clean everything. You know, they're not going to leave me with a mess. Yeah. So don't, that. don't sterilize your house, <laughs> but definitely um, definitely get it to a point where it's welcoming yeah. to other people. So, yeah. And then that's kind of where the realtor takes over. You've done the little fixes. You've done um, the cleaning. Maybe you took all of your like little knickknacky stuff and packed it up and put it in the garage. Um, you've mowed your lawn. <laughs> Not me. I don't know how to mow. I don't either. My husband (laughs) mowed my lawn. Your husband mows your lawn. I don't know how to mow. Um, Me either. Never done it a single time in my life. My neighbor every now and then stops by and mows my yard. Oh, that's (laughs) nice. But yeah, so you do all that stuff. And then, like, I mean, a realtor realistically can get your house on the market within a few days. But I like to say give me about a week and a half, two weeks, because I'll make sure your sign's in your yard at the appropriate Mm -hmm. time. I'll have you make copies of your keys so that I can have a few um, sets of your keys so I can have multiple key boxes to make it easy for the buyers to get in. I'll schedule to have professional photos taken. Um, Most realtors realtors will pay for your professional photos so if you're interviewing a realtor say hey are you going to pay for professional photos yeah, that's a great <laughs> um i would ask because mo- most realtors will, will say yes and if someone says no like Call maybe katie, you want a different realtor i know katie will <laughs> i will so the realtor will get the professional photos done and um you know the realtor will write the remarks that everyone sees. They'll mm-hmm. be asking you the questions of like, what hours of the day can people come and see the house? How much lead time do you need before the house is shown? Um, you know, all those sorts of things. When do you want to close? What's your timeline? Let's make sure that's very clear to everybody. Um, and really anything that's important to you, because in this market, What's important to you is highly valued. So if you have five or six offers, the chances are that those offers are going to be reaching out to your realtor and saying, hey, what's important to your seller? When do they want to close on their house? 
Like, do they want a fast inspection period? Are they worried about anything? What can we do to ease their minds? What can we do to make it easier for them? So it is a seller's market in the fact that if your house is priced right and you are um, doing everything you can to make it easy for a buyer to fall in love with, then they're going to be working hard to make you happy. Okay. Does that make sense? So, yeah. So I have one last question. Okay. Previous podcasts and conversations mm-hmm. that we've had that are more lending focused. Yes. I have stated that my favorite, like, the best time to talk to a mortgage professional is six months prior to doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your idea on, like, if I'm going to list my house, mm-hmm. Katie, mm-hmm. what time frame should I contact you right in if like you know i, I want to i yeah. know i want yeah, to yeah, sell yeah. my house yeah, yeah yeah should i do it you know okay so when should i talk to you i would say it depends on what information you want from me so the sooner like the moment that you think hey kind of want to sell my house reach out okay. but the conversations will evolve over time So the conversations that I'm having with someone six months prior to them wanting to sell and two months prior to them wanting to sell are going to be very different. Mm -hmm. And that's where the managing of expectations comes in because we can have a conversation about, hey, you should probably do X, Y, and Z to get ready. Um, I would do this. I wouldn't do that. These are the main things you want to think about. Let's talk about your why, Mm -hmm. your where, all that stuff. Um, Get that all going. But um don't think that a realtor can give you a recommendation of pricing six months before you want to sell your house. Right. I'm just saying, yeah. like, I mean, and that's what a lot of people my want. Expectation would be, right. You're going to tell me, mm-hmm. Hey, you really need to put the molding up around that door because an mm-hmm. inch gap between your drywall and your framework isn't good. <laughs> um, like whatever it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that'll give me time to do it rather than, hey, mm. Katie, I want to list my house tomorrow. Right. I would and say it's me and rolls her eyes. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> no, you didn't. Um, I would say that it's never too early. Okay. But um, two months before is plenty of time. Okay. So it's never too early. But I mean, if your house is in good shape, you could call me a month before and we'd be fine. You could call me. But my good shape might Three not weeks be before. your good shape. And that it's is true. But I mean. And it is a spectrum. It is all perspective. That's why I say it's never too early. Yeah. To start the conversation. Right. But um, to really start working towards it probably like two months. Okay. Yeah. Also, can I just say that the room, the room that we're in has this lovely, um, what is this? This looks like ceiling texture. No, it's like textured. <laughs> but I'm For staring. Yeah, but I mean, it looks fine, but I'm just laughing because I'm almost making shapes out of it like clouds. So I'm like, oh, that one looks like Mickey Mouse. And I see one that I'm like, oh, that's a little tiny squirrel. (laughs) And I'm getting really distracted because I keep... I keep seeing cute little cloud Katie shapes. Hasn't had of this. coffee yet today. I haven't. I can't wait. I was too worked up earlier to have coffee. 
But after this lovely conversation, I think I'm in a great headspace to go get a salted caramel cold foam cold brew. Is that your drink? That is my new drink. So if you have not had a salted caramel cold foam cold brew, they're so hard to order. I say it wrong every time. Um, Go get yourself one. Treat yourself. You know what? I did try it and I hated it. You hated it? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I really like my... Like, I can drink it black, mm-hmm. but I will also just, like, just put some milk into it. Yeah. And so, like, if I go to the coffee shop, it's, like, you know, I have my cold brew, whatever, but I mm. want it half sweet. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, I'm always like, no sugar. Yeah. And they go, so you want the, like, the pretense sugar stuff? I'm like, no, no sweet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. First of all, no, I cannot <laughs> drink black coffee. Also, LaDonna and I, this is funny. I think all of you guys from listening to this will be able to agree if you've been listening for a while. We were at a, a wine tasting the other day. Yes. And they asked the question, um, who here prefer who here <laughs> prefers red wine? And everyone else, everyone rose their hands, rose, raised their hands. And someone was like, Well, I think everyone probably here, like basically like we're all mature women. <laughs> and I was like, I actually still like white wine. And LaDonna was like, I knew oh, that about yeah, you. I knew that about you. <laughs> I knew that about you. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry. Like I'm checking people out going, you drink red. You drink white. You're definitely a sweet wine drinker. No. Yes, exactly. I'm a sweet wine drinker. I'm a, a shame to say. And not even like. You don't have to be ashamed. I'm like a Riesling that sweet. Riesling? Riesling. Okay. I don't drink yeah. wine if you can't tell. Um, okay. Well, I hope that if you are in the market to sell your house, you learned a little something today. Yeah. And even if maybe you're not in the market now, but you're in the market, eventually you own a home. It never hurts to, um, to understand what that looks like. Right. So with that, I think that wraps up this week's episode of Not Your Mother's Housing Market. Follow us on Instagram at Not Your Mother's Housing Market to keep up with new episodes and reminders. And please write in your listener questions so we can talk about them on the podcast and we can continue the conversation. So if you have any questions, write to us at notyourmothershousingmarket at gmail.com. And we would love to answer some of your juicy questions yeah um i'm katie keaton realtor with realty one group pacifica and i'm ladonna page mortgage advisor and liabilities manager with sierra pacific mortgage and we will talk to you guys next week